Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord and good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning, TV land. We praise God that you're watching this morning. We hope that you're going to hear something that's going to stir your spirit and cause you to get ready for the new season that we're in. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you and I praise you this morning in the name of Jesus for all those that are under the sound of my voice. I pray, oh God, that you are going to touch their hearts right now. Touch them, oh God, because sometimes people wake up with all kinds of problems. And so I pray that you will touch them in the name of Jesus. Anoint their ears and open their hearts, God, so that they can receive, understand, retain, and apply this word to their lives. I also pray, Father God, that as I decrease, that you would increase in me. I thank you and I praise you for peace and quiet with no disturbance as we take care of your business. In Jesus' name, we give you all the glory and all the praise. Hallelujah. And people of God, I have a message for you this morning, and it's called The Sign of the Times, and we're going to talk about the sons of Issachar today. We're going to talk about the sons of Issachar and who they were and why they were so special. Amen. Glory be to God. And I pray that you will hear something. If you have made it to this new year, you are going to get ready to put yourself in a position where you can really do some exploits for the Lord. The Bible says those that know their God will do exploit for him. Amen. And so I'm looking today at First Chronicles chapter 12 and verse 32. And the Bible says, of the sons of Issachar who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do, uh, uh, their chiefs were... 200 and all their brethren were at their command. And uh, so today we're going to talk. The reason why I felt that this message was needed at this time is because saints need to know what time it is. All of us, all of us that are born again, we need to know what time it is. We got to, you know, there's so many people walking around just, just like there's nothing going on and we got to be conscious of what time it is so that we can know what to do and when to do it. We've got to watch how God is moving so that we can move along with him. Glory be to God. Amen. So, and that comes from the gift of discernment. The gift of discernment is valuable in time of uncertainty and we are certainly living in uncertain times. Amen. So, in the, in, in, I'm going to give you a little bit of background about the sons of Issachar so you'll know who we're talking about and who these people were. Glory be to God. Amen. In a list of names from First Chronicles, we find a reference to the sons of Issachar, men who understood the times and therefore knew what Israel should do. God, saints, needs to know what time it is, like I said. Issachar was Jacob's ninth son and ancestor of the one of the 12 tribe of Israel. In Hebrew, Issachar means either man of reward or man of hire. His name is associated with the circumstances of his birth. Issachar's mother was Leah. After she gave birth to her fourth son, Judah, Leah stopped having children and was presumed to be barren, according to Genesis 29 and 35. One day, her oldest son, Reuben, came across some mandrakes in the field. In folk medicine, these flowering herbs were taught to enhance for a woman's fertility. Amen. So Reuben picked the mandrakes and brought them to his mother, Leah, and her younger sister, Rachel, who was barren. 
she wanted some of these uh these these mandrakes and so uh she was arguing with her sister so finally they came to an agreement Leah would give Rachel some of the mandrakes as a reward of payment for allowing Leah to sleep with her, with with their husband because he was both of their husbands amen uh Jacob that night so Leah became pregnant and after later later gave birth to her fifth son and the ninth son this was Leah's fifth son but there was some sons born to the concubine so uh, Issachar was considered and the ninth son out of Jacob's 12 sons amen and so Issach so and you will find that in Genesis chapter um 30 verse uh, 14 through 18 I'm not going there because I have a lot to say amen glory be to God so Issachar was one of the 12 of the five brothers whom Joseph presented to Pharaoh when they went to Egypt to live and you'll find that in Genesis 49 14 through 15 also in the wars between Jacob's sons and the Canaanites, in which, according to the legend, the other sons achieve astonishing exploits. Like I say, we that know our God must be do we, we must do exploit for our God. Also, so according to the legend, the other sons achieve astonishing exploit. Issachar only took a small part at Jacob's funeral. Also, Issachar was one of the ones that they had to help carry the bear or the coffin. Amen. When I look at this and I began to study about these men, we find that they were scholars. The tribe of Issachar was known for being the tribe of scholars. Its, its members studied the Torah and are credited with creating the Israelite calendar. These were some very intelligent men. I just read today uh, about uh, a, a man in Africa, in Zimbabwe, uh, this man created an electric car that can run without even charging the batteries. This man created a, he, he, he created a helicopter that can run on its own. This man created a television that don't need electricity to use it. Listen to me. He might be one of the sons of Issachar tribe. But you see, when, when it, and I'm going to borrow this for a second, because in the book of Exodus 31, God says, I have put my spirit and wisdom into Bezaleel so that he would do everything, build everything for the uh, tabernacle that they were supposed to have. Let me tell you something. All of you that don't want to be black, all of you that have an issue, you don't understand all the people in the Bible were black and I hate to, to go there, but I got to bring this because here's a young man. This is today. This boy has Put these things together. He has decided to take the, the frequency of the radio and turn it into electricity. He tried to get a patent for his um, originations and guess what? They're denying him. In fact, right now they're trying to kill him. Why? Because this is a genius. God has created his people with so much endowment, so much uh, um, uh, uh, quality of education so much. God has poured so much. For those of you that have an issue with being the black man, you need to wake up. You need to understand who you are, especially if you're born again. If you know Jesus Christ, you need to begin to appreciate who God has created you to be. Amen. Glory be to God. So then... All this information about Issachar is given for us to know who we are in Christ. 
At this present time, you could have been born a hundred years ago. You could have been born 200 years ago, but no, God allowed you to be born at this time in this season for a purpose and a plan that he has for you in your life. I don't know about you. But I want to do exploit for my God. I don't want to be a Christian that barely make it into heaven. A woman told me once before, she said, all I need is a shack in heaven. I said, well, I don't live in a shack here. So I know God did not promise us a shack. He promised us a mansion. And that's what I want. That's why I'm serving my God. And I'm encouraging some of you out here that do not understand. You've got to be appreciative of your identity. You've got to, you know, just because they don't teach black history in school, it doesn't mean that you can't get this information and learn so you can be proud of yourself. The sons of Issachar, these were all of, Jacob was black. His children, they were all dark skin. So I'm just saying this, I'm not talking about black and white, but I just want my brothers and sisters to feel good about themselves. They need to come to a place where they can begin to identify with who you are, who you are, who God created you to be. And now that you are born again, who you are in Christ, feel good about yourself. Learn not to be slothful, learn not to be complacent, but begin to do something. God, everything that God has made, he has made it very, very good. He said when he created man, he said, this is very good. Amen. So today, like I said, if you are born again, you are a mighty child of God. The Bible says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. So, the firstborn, let me put it this way. Issachar was the ninth son of of Jacob. You don't have to be the firstborn. You don't have to be the second or the third or the fifth. You can be the twelfth. And God is still going to use you. All you got to do is say yes to God and he wants to use you. You need to see what's going on around you today. In studying the sons of Issachar, we begin to understand that God is looking for a people who understand his timing, a people who believe his word, a people who will be willing to study, to show themselves approved, a workman not being ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We must begin to understand the times that we're living in. If you don't understand the times, if we don't understand the times we're living in, then you won't know what you should be doing at this present time. Everybody that is born again, God called you into the kingdom for such a time as this because he wants you to do a work for him. I don't know why there's so many pastors pushing carts on the street downtown Los Angeles, but it's a sad thing. I don't know why we have so many young men with their pants hanging down. It is a sad thing. I don't know why, but I'm telling you today, I don't care where you're watching me. If you have a son, you need to start putting some emphasis in him. You need to start to raise him up. You need to begin to watch out for him, pray for him, ask God to let him be that person that God called him to be in the beginning glory be to God. Amen. So what am I saying? You're probably saying, well, what are you talking about? Well, listen, if we do not have, if we do not know what it is that we need to do, you could be doing that something that will have a negative effect on your life, or you could waste this present opportunity. God lives outside of time, but he is giving us children 
an opportunity to redeem the time as it says in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 16. We can redeem the time, but only God can cause you to redeem the time. No one else can cause that to happen. You can redeem the time if you choose to. I know someone that sat at home practically a whole year and did nothing. I know people that's been praying and saying that God is going to do this for 15 years and for some reason nothing happened. Now you might say, well, Abraham had to wait for um, 25 years to have a child. Guess what? That was then. This is now. If you are born again and you have the spirit of God living on the inside of you, you do not have to wait for 25 years, promise you. No, because the spirit of God is supposed to be telling you. You're not supposed to be at home just twiddling your thumbs. You are supposed to be watching and praying, watching and praying, asking God to, to rebuke some of the stuff that's going on in our nation today. The gift of discernment is valuable in times of uncertainty. Most people are so preoccupied with their personal daily lives, they cannot properly design, discern the times. Listen, this is the beginning of a new year. We must begin to walk in the spirit and not as carnal Christians. If we didn't get it right last year, we should get it together this year. What am I saying? What am I saying? Do you know how many people died last year? Do you know how many people died the year before? Do you know how many people died? They're dying right now, but you made it to see a new year and you're still not doing anything. You still don't know what's going on around you. You still don't see what what is going on in our government and in in our school system. You still don't see every time you walk down the street, it's nothing but boxes. Don't you see what's going on? We need to be able to do something about it. You might say, well, I don't, I can't do anything. Yes, you can. You can pray. You can pray because God already fixed it up in heaven. But when you pray that his will be done down here, it's going to be done. I see so many destitute people. They're dilapidated. They're hungry. They're homeless. They're hurting and they're hopeless. But you are living in your beautiful homes and you're driving your wonderful cars. You don't see anything else because you're only caring about us four and no more. It's time for you to discern what's going on around you, my sister, my brother. Let me tell you something. God is a God of a second chance. However, we must not trample on his grace. We must not frustrate the grace of God. We must appreciate the goodness and mercy of our Lord. Remember, tomorrow is not promised to any one of us. No. The Bible says the time is now and the time is near. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart as those in the rebellion in the wilderness. Amen. Of course, you got some people right now, right here, that are walking in rebellion But may God have mercy upon them. A second chance. God, you see, one of the things I love about God, the Bible tells you in the book of Proverbs that you can fall down seven times and keep getting back up. As long as you do not stay in your mess, God will help you. All he's looking for you is to say, God, I need your help. God gave Jonah a second chance. When you read Jonah 1 and 3, 
and also three and one. In, in three and one, God gave Jonah a second chance. But I want to share something with you. Let me tell you how good God is. When the men threw Jonah over the board, over the ship, God created a fish to swallow Jonah. Do you understand they were in the middle of the ocean almost? Do you understand that Jonah could not swim to shore? Do you understand if God did not have that fish there, Jonah would have drowned. But see, when God has a purpose for you and a plan, he's going to protect you also. So, Bible tells us that Jonah ran in a fur in the in one, Jonah one and three. Jonah went in a different direction, but in the in in chapter three, when he got the second chance, when he cried out to God in the belly of the fish, and the fish vomited him out on land. God told him to go and do the same work. You see, let me tell you something. There is a work that only you can do. Only you can do this. And God, if God has to wait until another child is born, then, hey, but that's not what he wants. So what am I saying? I'm saying to you, I want you to understand that we must be sensitive to what's going on around us right now. Amen. Discernment is a is, in Christianity is considered a virtue. We need the gift of discernment now more than ever before. Discerning individual is considered to possess wisdom and be of and and be good and be of good judgment, especially so with regards to subject matter often overlooked by others. What am I saying? When you have discernment, you're going to hear what people don't hear. You're going to see what people don't see. You're going to get to the mark before they. You're going to press towards the mark of the high call because you know that you have a work to do. You see, when you have discernment, you will understand that salvation brings you into good work and that God is waiting for you to move forward. It, it saddens me when I look at so many individuals, and I'm talking about saints, that are doing nothing for the kingdom, but just waiting to get the next meal. It is a shame. It's so sad. Okay? But look, tell you something. We are in a time where the Bible is being fulfilled right before our eyes. What am I saying? The one world religion is already being formed. The population control is taking place right now. The fake famine is being made at present, and yet saints are concerned. They're not concerned about anything but what am I going to eat tomorrow? They're not concerned about the spiritual things. Today, I want you to get concerned about the spiritual things. Luke 12 and verse 54, if you would go there with me, I want to share you share something, what Jesus did, what Jesus said to the people in Luke 12 and, and 54. Look, look what this, the Bible says. Luke 12 and 54 through 56. It says, I just want to, I'm just trying to stir your spirit today to make you stop and think and re- re- reflect on your life and see whatever it is that you didn't get done last year. Don't worry about it. Let's move forward. We're in a new year. You've got to see what's going on around you. Yes. Watch this. 
The Bible says in Luke chapter 12, verse 54 through 56, Jesus was rebuking the Sadducees and the Pharisees. He says, then he said, then he also said to the multitude, whenever you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately you say a shower is coming and so it is. And when you see the south wind blow, you say the there will be hot weather and there it is. Hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky and of the earth, but how is it that you do not discern this time? He was trying to tell them. They did not, they were reading about Jesus for all these years in the Torah throughout the whole Old Testament. And when he came on the scene, they could not discern who he it was. They could not recognize with all the miracles that he was doing. He was walking on water. He was raising the dead. He was healing the sick. The lame was walking. The blind was seeing. The deaf could hear. He was feeding 5,000 plus people with two loaves and five fishes and they still did not discern who he was. And God is saying to you and I, do you understand what time it is? Do you understand that I'm coming pretty soon? Do you understand that you're supposed to be pointing people to me? Do you understand that you have a work to do? People of God, please get it together. Let's, let's begin to get our lives in order. They could not discern the things in the spiritual. They were only looking at the natural. Like Jesus said, you see, he says, when you see a cloud, you're rising. You said the west wind immediately, you say, and a shower is coming. Why is it that we are so uh, uh, um, laxidated? Why is it that we are so, um, we are so not in a place where we can truly identify what is going on? Do you understand even in the churches now they have this thing called this multi-fate where you're bringing in all kinds of people to put them in your pulpit. Pastors, you ought to stop it because light and dark don't go together. We need to do what we need to do. We are Christians. Christianity is superior to any other religion. And if you do not discern that, then you, are, you don't fit to be a pastor. But then maybe you're not working for the same God that I know because he lets you know, light and dark cannot walk together. Don't tell me that you're going to bring other people in your pulpit and you're going to let them preach to your people to confuse your people. No, that's not God. Now, you can't love your... I know God said love your enemies. Well, guess what? But there's, you got to draw the line somewhere. We got to come to the place where we understand that Christianity is superior to every other group of people out there. Muhammad is still in his grave. Buddha is still in his grave. But when they went to the tomb, they couldn't find nobody in the tomb. So you see, Jesus is alive. We got to recognize what time it is, people of God. You might say, what is a spiritual shift? Because I want you to know, we got to discern that there's a spiritual, spiritual shift taking place right now. There's a spiritual shift taking place. Amen. We got to come to that place where we are beginning to recognize. We got to begin to walk in the spirit. And you might say, well, what does that mean? When you walk in the spirit, you will not satisfy the lust of the flesh. Because if you walk as carnal Christians, you're going to die. 
Carnal Christians become casualties. We got to be spiritually minded. We've got to be like the sons of Issachar. We've got to come to a place where we begin to read this Bible and then that don't just read it, but we got to read the Bible to a place where we, when we see a word, we begin to examine this word. Amen. There's a spiritual awakening that's happening right now. God is giving his people a level of grace like he has never given before. The grace that is being poured out right now, I'm telling you, and there's still some people that are walking around like dead men. They got the spirit of God because they're born again, but they're still walking like they don't know what's happening. It's time for us to wake up, people of God. There is a spiritual awakening taking place. And if you are not ready, you will be left behind. Amen. So, when I think about this, I just want to look at the gifts that were given to us. Let's look at the gifts before we close uh, this message. In, in, in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter um, 13, uh, for, 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 let's, let's look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I'm sorry. I want you to look at this because remember we're talking here about discerning the times... We're also talking about the sons of Issachar. Amen. And so we want to look at this so we can see what we are talking about. We're talking here. It says, chapter 12 and 10 says, To another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues. But we're talking here about discernment. You're supposed to be able to discern what kind of spirits you're dealing with. So as I close this message, Paul also speak to to the same generation about knowing the times. The sons of Issachar had understanding of the times. Jesus rebuked his generation for not discerning the times. And Paul admonishes us to know the times according to uh, Romans chapter 13, 11 through 14. Let me look at that really quickly if I have time. 11, Romans chapter 13, 11 through 14. Says. It says, and, and do this knowing the time that now is the high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believe. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly or circumspectively. As in the day, not as revelry and drunkenness, not in the lewdness and lust, not in strife and and envy. Do you understand that most Christians are still hanging out in the club, still getting drunk, still smoking pot? There's now you got a group of pastors that's telling you that they want to start selling uh, this this oil because they 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 own all this land. Uh, listen, the people have gone crazy. But I'm saying, may God have mercy upon them. But as I close this message, I want you to know, according to Ecclesiastic 3 and 1, it says there's a time to be born and there's a time to die. Ecclesiastes gives us examples of seasons of uh, uh, season we'll face in life. Time of birth, time of death, time of weeping and joy and lack of plenty and sickness and everything. Amen. The Bible shows us that experiencing good and bad times in our lives is, a nor- is normal and to be expected now. I want to ask you a question. Are you ready for the return of Jesus Christ? Have you made him your Lord? Have you given him your life? 
Do you know Jesus as your Savior? Because if you don't, you can call me and I would be happy to pray with you. Or you can pray right now. You can ask him to come into your life. You know, no one that ever called on Jesus, he's never turned him away. So I encourage you today, give your life to Jesus. Give him your life. Surrender to him and he will keep you. I bless you and I praise God for you. Glorify God in your presence. People, come to Jesus. It's not too late. It's still time. But when the trumpet sounds and the dead in Christ rise and we are gone, you will be left behind because you won't know him. God, I thank you and I praise you for this word. And I pray that somebody heard this word. I pray that they will give their hearts to you right now. In Jesus' name, we say thank you, God, and amen. God bless you. Oh, yeah, cut, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, because we got to do exactly, um, like you said, 2830. Yeah, so you can take that off. Okay.